Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller here along with Robert Glasscock. We have a great listener question about something that is going on right now as we are recording this in October of 2022. Hey, Thomas and Robert. It's Kim McGrath from The Practicums. So, Thomas, you spoke about the Sun and Venus conjunction. That is a Venus star point, which is actually the beginning of a new era for a hundred years and i wonder if you and robert have explored the venus star points i'm curious to know what your take on the venus star points are and the new libra 100 year theme thanks Robert, this is a great question, and there are so many other Venus things that we can explore with this. Kim is a wonderful listener that's been in some of your classes. What about this? Well, I am loving Kim's question because I had no idea that these podcasts were getting listeners who were that knowledgeable about astrology, and it's great to hear. I mean, what what Kim is bringing up is uh, a term that was coined by Ariel Gutman, who's an astrologer. We've all known about this years ago, Thomas, at a convention in uh, San Diego at the Southwest Astrology Conference. I saw a film, uh, I mean a 16-millimeter film in the days before we had video and computer graphics and so on, and it it depicted the mathematical uh, cycles involving the planets, and that was the first time that I saw the five-pointed star that Venus conjunct the sun forms. So what Ariel Gutman is talking about with these star points, every nine to 12 months, um, Venus passes between the Earth and the sun, conjuncts the sun. It's Kazemi in the old astrology term. Kazemi, which means the heart of the sun. And this is what is what Ariel Gutman calls Venus's star point. So we get two of these conjunctions between Sun and Venus here in 2022. The first one was back on January the 8th. Uh, and then the second one was just, uh, what, two, three days ago, October 22nd in Libra. And as Kim noted, this is the first in the past hundred. Well, let's let's put it this way: the Venus star point has not been in Libra for 150 years, and it is now entered Libra, where it will repeatedly appear for about a hundred years, which is where we get these. It, the star points figure in both big collective historical movements, but they also pertain. Very personally, for example, this Venus star point of just three days ago in Libra was at 29 degrees Libra. Well, my midheaven is at 28 degrees Libra. So that's something that I am going to feel very strongly because the midheaven at birth depends on an accuracy of, of about four minutes of birth time. Every four minutes you're off, it changes the degree of the midheaven. So this uh, Venus sun star point is uh, a cultural shift, but it's also for people like me or anybody who has a planet at at 29, particularly um, the cardinal signs, will respond to this. It's easy to say that this Venus star point has to do with love life, and of course it does. 
and the, this pertains really especially about the next eight years, but it not only pertains to your love life, Venus also rules Taurus and money and security and talent and the arts and so on. And then you have transiting Pluto at 28 degrees Capricorn. So this October 22nd, Venus star point squares transiting Pluto, which just makes it even more intense. And it produces a change in everybody, really, to feel the necessity for growing and changing in relationships. So with this Venus star point square transiting Pluto, a lot of us, through different means, are very aware of the endings of certain relationships that we've come to count on and love, or in some cases count on and hate, the endings of relationships that have been in our lives for a while. At the same time that that's going on, nature abhors a vacuum, so we are all, in our own way, getting prepared to welcome new associations, whether it's in love and or money, marriage or business. And socially, collectively, we are going to be seeing even greater shifts in how society uh, perceives certain taboos, and especially about sex, uh, because Pluto breaks down and changes the contemporary views that we have and the prejudices, urging us to uh, accept all elements of Venus and what love means. So that it's a fascinating study that Kim brings up this Venus star point, especially in Libra. You know, the other uh, phenomenon in the sky, and there are some YouTube videos on this, is the Venus pentagram. That's an mm -hmm. eight-year cycle where it mm -hmm. basically draws a pentagram. And, and the, the videos are great because you've got sacred geometry involved in this. Yes. I mean, the images are just amazing. And here is a sub-theme of that, that uh, we've been on this loop. In fact, there's one on uh, a great resource for this is the website that many of you are familiar with earthsky.org has an article on this that you can search up just search the Ven venus pentagram and you'll see it there on earth sky and there is a diagram of what's been going on back since 2017 now i went back and looked now we you know we're recording this timely and she's asking a question about right now so if you want a date marker venus conjoined the sun this was Saturday, October 22nd at 5.17 p.m. And the conjunction, as Robert mentioned, was at 29 degrees, 27 minutes, Libra, right before it moved into Scorpio, where, of course, then just uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, three days later, we had the partial solar eclipse, which occurred on October 25th. So there is some valuable real estate in here. And as you were talking about shifting and changing relationships, I mean, you have to wonder, and especially under this, <laughs> this magical formation, are we not moving into a different level of consciousness with this, perhaps? Totally, totally. Not only that level of consciousness, but also the, the transit of Pluto ingressing into Aquarius, which is a massive 
change. But it's interesting, this uh, Ariel Goodman points out that Venus, now the star point, it's just entered Libra. It's got another one. It'll back up into Scorpio once and then goes back into Libra where it stays again. But for the first time in 150 years, she is talking about a radical change in Scorpio. It was governed by Mars and now, and secondarily governed by Pluto. Now, the Venus star point has just entered Libra, switching gears from a Mars-Pluto-dominated culture to a Venus-dominated culture. And she talks about what types of changes that this is likely to bring in personal relationships, in gender identification, gender classification in politics and religion and customs. And what new legislation she thinks might be forthcoming to legitimize these changes. And if you look at the world, I have friends uh, whose uh, 12 and 13 year old children are identifying with the sex opposite their biological gender. And these are in average households. So, so, and we're correlating this to this Venus shift. This is interesting. Yes. That, well, this is Ariel Goodman's point, and I agree with it because you can, and this is, of course, is what's currently riling up so much of politics in this country, LGBTQ rights and transgender rights, especially. And it came out uh, of nowhere, right? It's almost like well, this fell out. Well, yeah. Of, but I mean, it comes here, out of something. Yeah. Here it is. Wow. Well, and she, uh, Goodman even mentions uh, these changes going on in religions and customs. And here's what's happened, as you know, in the last uh, decade, especially in the United States. This is the first year in history, American history, 2022, where the Gallup polls showed that less than half, half 50 percent of the country goes to church. Less than 50 percent. Among millennials, it's more like. 25%. And it's among millennials and pop culture that you see this blurring of gender roles and gender identities. And I'm sitting here reading this, this Ariel Goodman and thinking, well, you know, we've got 8 billion people on the planet. The whole paradigm of marriage and children and repopulating the tribe and all of that Something has to change because overpopulation, or at least the allocation of resources, much of which we spend on wars, but nonetheless, we've got all the people we need. Young people know this. Why the hell should they get married and incur all these debts and responsibilities? The world doesn't need their children, and many of them are opting out, and people are delaying having children later. So you later and later, so you're watching these paradigms, these these very ancient paradigms of what is a family and how many families do we need and does everybody need to be a parent in order to be accepted all of these things are changing before our eyes and they're very threatening to traditionalists especially churches for example who are absolutely losing memberships and we're panicked a lot of people are over what does that mean what's going to replace them now, this is an interesting thought because you said, you know, we know that Scorpio is co-ruled. It's one of the couple of signs that is co-ruled, ruled by the ancient, if you will, ruler of Mars and then the modern after its discovery in 1930 of Pluto. 
And you're saying that this is actually what? Are we elbowing Mars out and bringing Venus in for the next hundred years? Is this a replacement, an addition to a new rulership, a new dynamic in town for Scorpio? This is really interesting. As a Scorpio, I'm my ears my ears perked up. Well, at least in terms of the Venus's Venus's star point, it is an epic. It really is, and therefore everything that Venus symbolizes in astrology and our understanding of what Venus symbolizes is changing. It's going from a Plutonic Martian Scorpio Venus star point and into, for the next hundred years, a Libra and Venus star point. And there is a distinct difference here because Venus and and Libra, anyway, tends to stress cooperation and collaboration and co-partnerships which is pretty much what has to happen. And we, as a globe, all of us, no matter what tribe we belong to, are having to come to grips that we coexist as human beings. We coexist even with people that we despise or whose beliefs we hate or find threatening or repellent. They exist too, and somehow or another, if we, I, I think what's happening, Thomas, is that the, the paradigm about wars and taking over territory and property and money and power and growing our nation and making China ever bigger and Russia ever bigger, that's coming to an end, I think. So it, humanity is having to learn to cooperate and coexist which presupposes having to deal with, grapple with these huge issues about what about the 26,000 nuclear warheads that we have developed that are scattered all around the world waiting for somebody to pull the trigger on one of them. We, as a world, as a civilization, have to come to grips with violence and destruction, which is a Scorpio-Plutonic part of it, part of that archetype, and learn to coexist somehow, as opposed to it's all me and you'd better obey my rules. Well, that hasn't worked. Well, So it's, it's epical in that sense. <laughs> and does this soften Scorpio? What do you mean by soften? The stinger in the tail, the Mars-driven Scorpio that you could say this water sign is really a fire sign. <laughs> does it soften it out a little bit? Does it make it more mellow? Does it make it more pliable? It's a fixed sign. Does it make it a little bit uh, less so reactive? <laughs> I uh, I don't think so. I don't think anything changes the basic nature of Scorpio or really any other sign. Uh, I, consciousness can certainly change your awareness of what elements of Scorpio you are going to act out. Uh, I have Venus in Scorpio, and when I first got into astrology at age 20 and reading about how jealous I was, I thought, well, I'm not jealous. And I didn't think I was. And I'm not revengeful. And then I had to kind of look back when I started dating in Oh, junior high, I guess. Um, Venus. I thought, I thought you know, uh, you really were. You really are. You really are jealous. Really are possessive. So I could see those things in myself even, but I would never have known them or recognized them. So it caught me up short because, and I've learned the results of all of that, you know, as I've 
grown in age. So, so I think as we grow in consciousness and we become more aware of what these archetypes mean, we have a choice about, gee, that really is true about me. I don't like that. What, what is all that about? What is jealousy and possession really about? You're saying it's about control. And the only person you can control is yourself, Bob. So that's a growing up process right there, in other words. So you begin to take responsibility for your own actions and understanding and behaviors and speech. And then you get, I think, the real value of Scorpio, which is that you are constantly, here's the truth, Thomas, you read this, you know, I love the Seth books, this one line, if nothing else, where Jane Roberts, Seth, The Nature of Personal Reality, that book, Seth says, you are as dead now as you will ever be. And you, I read that when I was, I don't know, 30 and thought, okay, I think I understand. Well, now I do understand what it means. And that's the truth. So that the ability to regenerate your life, no matter what it throws at you, no matter how down you may temporarily be, that's the ending part of Scorpio, the dying part of Scorpio, the receding part of Scorpio. That's ending. That's looking at life through the rearview mirror in a way. So if you concentrate on the other side of Scorpio, which is the regeneration, the rebirth, the new, that is simultaneously happening even at your rock bottomist, this new life. And I've been through this. I think we all have to some extent. So you learn that that's an aspect of Scorpio as well. And so I don't know that it softens because I really... Uh, it's all emotional with me, but I'm a pretty harsh, not harsh, a pretty realistic judge of myself first and other people. We put in our show notes, I'm shifting here for just a quick second, a parentheses, if you will, our show notes, we put resources like the charts that we're talking about. And I will put some links to Ariel Gutman's articles and resources that you can find. Those will be in the show notes. What should people be looking for of how this will affect them right now? Make this really applicable to women that are raising kids, guys that are slugging it out in the workplace, uh, students that are studying to further their careers and their lives. How can we all apply this? Well, to me, with the Venus star point in Libra now, essentially, it was just at 29 Libra. Whatever house in your birth chart is ruled by Libra has to be a main focus during this period of your life. And Libra does imply balance. So it's about avoiding extremes. And unfortunately, Scorpio is all about extremes. And it takes, I don't know what can change it. Mainly because in my life, Thomas, I've learned to make my opinions based on facts to the best of my ability to gather them. So if you focus on the house where you find Libra on the cusp or the bulk of the sign is in that house, those house matters are where you should be aware of enlightening yourself in terms of the Venus archetype, who you love, what you love to do, how you love, how you make money, how you handle money. Do you handle it wisely and maturely? Or are you throwing it away? Are you throwing your love away? And so it's that balance between uh, 
with Libra always too much. I a lot of people with this position will find that they when they're in a relationship, it takes up their entire lives and sometimes it even adversely affects their work and career. They may not choose the healthiest kind of relationships for starters. So that's one big clue as, as to how to make the most out of these Venus star points. Be aware of where you have Libra in your house and also be aware of any planets in your birth chart that are in Libra because the houses that those Libra planets rule will also be affected by this this Venus star point. One other point, Thomas, it, and Ariel Gutman gets into this, is your prenatal Venus star point. So you go back before you were born and see where that prenatal Venus star point was, and that will be another hugely revelatory point in your birth chart. Kim, I think you have opened Pandora's box on the old soul, <laughs> new soul of astrology podcast. And Robert and I will follow it. Are you game for that? I'm game for it. You can't shut me up. All right. Then, well, we'll we will stay on this with future episodes. Let me refer you back again to the show notes for all the goodies that we have in there, including a link to our Discord channel, the YouTube channel, which now Chet, who is helping me with that, has parsed out all of the old Soul New Soul Astrology podcasts, and they are on their own playlist. So those are there. The show notes are, of course, with the episode. The YouTube channel is the Fun Astrology Podcast YouTube channel. So we just have all kinds of places and all kinds of resources to occupy all of your free time <laughs> with astrology. And I know you would love that. All right. Thank you so much, Robert, for this information. Kim, great question. And we will see you next time on the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock. Music.